Welcome to Diggin' the Dharma, where we dig into the Buddhist Dharma and explore ways to bring these 2,500-year-old teachings into our lives. I'm Doug Smith of Doug's Dharma on YouTube and the online Dharma Institute. And I'm John Aaron, teacher at New York Insight Meditation Center and mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher and teacher trainer and founder of Space to Meditate. Hello, Doug. How are you today? I'm doing all right, John. How are you? Holding up, holding up. It's uh, been an intense week, I'd say. Yeah. I'm, I'm very, I mean, both personally and, and uh, also just world events. And uh, yeah. it's um, an interesting time to be practicing, an important time to be practicing. And, to say uh, the least, to say the least. I think I, it, had I not had my practice, I think things would be a lot more challenging personally for me. And um, certainly for the people around me. So, you know, that's one thing I'll say. And as we were talking about what to talk about, I, I you know, because I, I'm, I hold several groups, you know, morning group, which is because we're in the middle of a challenge. Um, there are like 40 or 50 people, they're more, more like 45 to 55 people showing up every morning as part of this meditation challenge. And then I have a class, two classes. So, you know, things were already intense in the world, right? And then what happened over the weekend in Israel, in the Middle East and in Israel um, in particular, uh, and now in Gaza, just adds to that. Yeah. And I have a number of, a lot of, a lot of people in my groups are, uh, are Jewish and a lot of people have family in Israel. Unfortunately, I don't have any, I wish I did have some Palestinians as well, but I don't. And I think that the, the questions that always come up, because, you know, as uh, I was relaying, I mean, we, we speak of various causes and conditions, and there are, of course, the causes and conditions that are unknown, and then there are the, the, the causes and conditions that are just there on the ground that are clear, and it's a result of those causes and conditions that this all erupted, but, and there are reactions, and then there is terrorism. <laughs> And, and so a question always comes up, well, what do we do? What good is our practice in the midst yeah. of all that, you know? And I think it's a really important question to, to look at and to talk about. In, in the Zen tradition, of course, it's the, the term is generally appropriate response. I think that's primarily a Zen. When, when a Zen teacher is asked, you know, what is one to do? And it's like respond appropriately with no, <laughs> no more further description than that. Yeah, that's a tough one. What is, what is, yeah. What that, that itself mean? is a koan, right? Yeah, yeah. And and so it's like, it's a really, really important question. And frankly, one that I'm asked all the time, whether it's in, in, in relationship to something like this or in terms of climate change or the war in Ukraine, every all of it, you know, refugees. I mean, it's all over the place. And, you know, how do we, how do we respond appropriately? And what does that actually mean? Does the teaching provide guidance as to what that response is? should be. And I mean, one of the, I mean, I get asked this kinds of, these kinds of questions as well uh, on, you know, people responding to my YouTube videos. And I mean, speaking generally, not about any particular subject, but I mean, the Buddha had, I think, very strong advice, but it's advice that is, you know, you have to decide how to apply it to any given situation. The, the Buddha is not going to give you an answer about this situation in particular. Uh, what he's going to say and, and, and said, you know, repeatedly throughout the suttas is, you know, 
advice of compassion, advice of kindness, advice of loving kindness, advice of not making this the situation worse, and advice of of peace. I mean, he was relentlessly devoted to to peace, to a peaceful and a kind response, which is is clearly going to be very difficult in any of, I mean, this situation in particular, of course, uh, but any situation in which, you know, our, our emotions get very inflamed because we see what look to us uh, terrible uh, injustices for one reason or another, but then, of course, the other side will have their own injustices that they will point to. So, it, you get into this kind of spiral I think in the in the early uh, parts of the Dhammapada, the, the Buddha talks about you know this sort of spiral of, you know he he injured me he he right. he hit me and and it's in the very first chapter, yeah, yeah exactly and and that's I mean the Buddha sees I mean in other words we see any when a terrible a terrible thing like this happens we look at it as a as a sort of a one off as as this is just um, you know uh, inhuman how someone can act this way and of course it is inhuman. But there have been inhumanities throughout history. Uh, in the Buddha's day, there were inhumanities. And some of them, of course, seem to us, you know, just, you know, w- w- when we see it close to us, it's the sort of thing we can't compare to anything else because right. we, we see it for, you know. But the problem is that then, you know, then we react in a way that just perpetuates the same thing happening again. And exactly. is there a way. Is there a way that we can? I mean, of course, we we, we ourselves are in, in, relatively uh, powerless here. But is there a way that we, as a society, or that the we, in the sort of larger sense of we, can react so as to make it less likely that such things happen? Sure. In the future. Yeah, that's the challenge. And yeah, and you know, and uh, I was uh, I was just listening to an interview with the, an Israeli who lived on the kibbutz that was the first kibbutz that was attacked because it's right on the border with Gaza. And, you know, these are, these are people that in this kibbutz who actually had friends in Gaza, who people from Gaza would come and work on the kibbutz and then they would become friends and, and they would uh, help them out financially. They would take them, they would help them out medically. They would do all sorts of things for these people. And, And, and of course those people are not presumably are not Hamas. We're not the terrorist group. But unfortunately, the terrorist group. Then, what because of the terrorism and, and the inhumanity of their their violence, as if any violence is humane. But they're they're in you know the, the way they went about it, you know, then causes the reaction on the other side, as you said, and and so the appropriate response, in a sense, and and this is where 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 practice can make a huge difference. In the sense that it gives us, hopefully, it provides a space, <laughs> you know, enough space so that we can maybe not react to the same way we've been attacked, essentially, and not consider, you know, to, to remember that that inhumanity that, that created the mentality, or rather the, the, the circumstances that created the mentality which resulted in totally inhuman actions, inhumane actions, is always there. And then you can't color the whole 
one whole group based on the on the the actions of you know a small part of that group yeah and yet that's what will of course happen and you know and of course there are extremes on both sides and the people that were attacked in this case of course were they were basically secular Israeli, secular Jews, you know, who lived on this kibbutz for their lifetimes. And, and so they were not the, the enemy, as it were, to the Hamas, but it didn't matter. It's, and, and so there's not so much going on, right? There's, you know, the actions which are a result of delusion and confusion and tremendous ill will, tremendous hatred, and, and the other conditions that are there on both sides, to some degree, I suspect. <clears throat> and and we can, to some degree, even see it happening in Russia now, right, is the indoctrination that happens from early, early on, you know, that these people are bad. <laughs> and, you know, that that's a condition that is, is there and, and prevalent that causes the actions. And so, a, a few things. I mean, personally, so those of us that are basically here and can't do anything other than donate in some way or another and make our voices heard to whoever will listen in a way that's helpful. We can get caught up in our own extreme thoughts, which do us no good. It's interesting. So in, in the meditation challenge that our saga has been in the midst of the first week, all of the, all of, we were, we've been reading a, a portion of a sutta almost every day. Um, and the first week they were all suttas around loving kindness. And this was before the weekend, right? So it was before any of that. And then this week it's all been about the, the mindfulness. And primarily I was, most of the teachings were coming from the third chapter of the Dhammapada about the mind. How, you know, we can see how quickly the mind can find its way into ill will and aversion. And, and respond from that place or react from that place, really. Whereas, you know, what is it? You know, the mind that is controlled and diligent, um, I don't know the exact words in front of me, you know, is, is, a, is a mind that is, that they can find bliss for a moment. And from that place of bliss, it's not meant as an escape. Rather, it's meant as a place where one can see clearly what's true. And when we see clearly what's true, then we can respond in a way that is appropriate. Whatever that means for us, however that arises for this manifestation of, of me in this moment. And, you know, it's challenging because, of course, you know, we read the news and we react. We, you know, and, and we, we have empathy, we have compassion, and we have anger. Yeah. And of course we can't not be angry. The question is how do we how do we work with that anger in a way that is helpful? Yeah, I mean and I think you are pointing to a very important part of it which is not to think collectively or at least to be aware of our delusion when we start thinking collectively about a people, mm. uh, because we do. I mean we all we all fall into that kind of thought, yeah. you know, yeah. of these people uh, whoever those people happen to be, whether, you know, it's people politically who are opposite to us or whether it's people in a different culture or 
of a different race or, you know, I mean, however we conceptualize the world, we, no matter how we conceptualize the world, we can always think of it as an us versus a them. Yeah. And, and when hatred arises in this kind of situation, that's, you know, the mind immediately, immediately goes there. It's these people. Sure. Uh, you know, however, the, however we, you know, conceptualize these, because we may do it differently, but in any event, and I mean, I can remember after, you know, after 9-11, yeah. thinking that it's way, and it, you know, it was horrible. I mean, I was in New York during the time, yeah. um, but I also remember uh, thinking and talking to some family members and saying, you know, that what what concerned me most of all was how the U.S. government was going to react about this, because I knew that they were going to do things that made things worse. And they did. Very and they successfully. did. Yes. Very successfully. <laughs> and it's sort of like, you know, there's two ways, you know, look, we, we all we all get angry. We all, I mean, we're not enlightened, right? So, we, we hatred arises. But, you know, there's sort of two ways of... Excuse uh, me, uh, hat hatred and anger are two different things. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe. Uh, I mean, that, this, is a, <laughs> I guess this is a separate, a separate question, well, whether, the, yeah. whether the Buddha actually had anger or not. Right. Uh, my inclination is to say no, that, that anger and hatred are the same thing for the Buddha. Um, it's just anger is a slightly lower level of hatred. But we can, we can yeah. debate that. Um, but in any event, uh, that aside, yeah. um, hatred arises because we're not enlightened. There's two ways that we could go with that. One is the, you know, sort of uh, eye for an eye that, you know, we want to do to them exactly what they did to us. Right. And then, know, because I, of, just to, to paraphrase um, Fiddler on the Roof, right? Yep. Then we'll all be blind and toothless. Exactly. And, and this is kind of where it goes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is where it yeah. goes. I mean, we just, we just perpetuate because, you know, if, if we all think that way, then, then the, the violence never ends. The hatred never ends because we're always doing the same thing to each other. Or we we can channel that hatred and say, look, what are the causes and conditions here? Is there a way that we can move forward in, in the future so as to make this sort of thing less likely in a way that, you know, doesn't, you know, involve exterminating an entire people, which is the way people tend to think, okay, how do I make this less likely? We'll just kill them all. I mean, that's... That's how it works. It has worked so many times in the past, is that the hatred gets to a level where you think, oh, the only way to deal with this is, you know, get these people away, you know. And that's not an, that's clearly not a solution. Right. I mean, you have to live together. You have to live with these people some way, one way or another. So how do we make that life potentially more fruitful in the future? And that is going to involve a certain amount of putting up with things that we don't like sometimes. I mean, that's compromise. And and the, and the problem is that if you become too purist about, you know, not being willing to compromise with one another, you get yourself in this kind of situation. Right. And of course, we see that on so many levels right now. Yeah. Uh, completely. And, you know, there's also, there's an interesting uh, line, and this actually relates back to a conversation we had a couple of weeks ago about, about absolute and relative, the absolute reality and the relative reality. <clears throat> this is actually from the, the, the uh, Dhammapada chapter on the mind. There's a line in here that says, one whose mind is uncorrupted, whose heart is undamaged, who's given up right and wrong, alert, has nothing to fear. So how do you give up right and wrong? What does that even mean? 
right? Of course there's right and of course there's wrong, but of course that's it's the situation that I'm right and you're wrong that is creating that duality, which creates that a- aversion, which, you know, then leads to this and, and much worse, you know, so on, on a, on a relative level, that's, that's what happens on an absolute level. In a sense, there is, there is no me to say that you're wrong and, and you to say that I'm, you're right. I mean, there's just this, but on the relative level, we get stuck in the right and the wrong and holding to a view that I'm right and you're wrong. Now, clearly terrorist activity in the way that we've just seen it is wrong, you know, on, on any level in terms of just humanity. They of course think they're right (laughs) and they're doing it for the right reasons. So there's the delusion of that. And in, until the, the other side is able to get past their delusion, then what happens is what you just described. You know, so it's all about, it's, it's all the other, you know, it's, they're all bad. Let's get rid of them all. Let's just destroy the whole, let's flatten it. Yeah. You know, which is unfortunately what's about to happen to at least part of it. And, but then there's the individual, how do we respond individually? And we respond individually, obviously with, with care. I mean, I shouldn't say obviously, it's, and I have to be careful here because I, you know, I don't want to offend anyone, but, you know, we, we have to, I personally, you know, have, I, I could wrap myself in anger. I could wrap myself in, I wouldn't wrap myself in hatred. I mean, I'm angry on, on many levels uh, at, at what's going on, not just there, but in our own country. And of course, you know, so there's anger. And there can be a fierce response. But the fierce response, if it's really held from a place of compassion and an acknowledgement that we are dealing with other humans, with other beings who also have their stuff, how does that change the way we respond? And so I think it's, it's partly, you know, a matter of having a much, a, a very broad perspective and being able to look at it from, from all sides and that's hard when we're when we're stuck in our anger for sure and certainly when we're stuck in hatred yeah yeah and, and the other i think the other related point is that um as i was saying before that when we get into hatred our, our tendency is to think collectively mm-hmm. the mind i think moves to what's easiest and what's easiest is to is to is to cling to our concepts and think collectively if instead we can uh, moderate that hatred down to perhaps anger, as you mentioned, and understand that it's individuals who did this, it's not collectively, it's not them, right. it's this person and that person and that person. And if you begin to see it as it's individuals who did, the, who, who, who did these crimes, they're crimes, they're clearly, mm-hmm. then you can say that individual and that individual and that individual perhaps need to be corralled, punished, perhaps put in jail, uh, kept from harming other people. But these other ones <laughs> who live next door to them yeah. may not have had anything to do with any of this. And in fact, may have been entirely opposed to it, or at least partly opposed to it, or, you know, wouldn't have gone that far. Once we get there, then we can, I think, see a a, a, 
a more wise route towards ending this this sort of thing. Finding out who, I mean, from a Buddhist point of view, you might, might say, who is karmically responsible, who has intended the action and, and done the action, and who is not, you know? Right. Which, of course, in this situation is not easy. Yeah, of course. And, that's and, what makes it hard. Because, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it's... it's and of course, you know some some of the Israel some of and I'm I'm really in a way gun shy as we're talking because I you know this is not meant to be a a political show, right? <laughs> and yet it, you know it is hard to, to to sort of avoid it. But but of course some would would say that oh well they you know that was the elected government of Gaza they there was a choice made, and that's the choice that was made, and as a result you know everybody has to pay, but. You know, when we look at this country, it's not like anybody even pays attention. Half, you know, so many people don't pay attention to what's going on in our own country politically, or they they hold on to a view and don't see the other side. I mean, it's you know, thankfully at least here we haven't, to most for the most part, with the exception of January sixth, you know, last in twenty one, you know, resorted to violence uh, anywhere near what. We're seeing, and yet, you know, that's also from a place of delusion. That's also a place of holding views, and that's also a place of lumping everybody together. And we, yeah. we both side, every side does it on an individual level. For me, personally, <clears throat> my practice has provided the container, the space, to allow me to experience what I'm experiencing, whether it's confusion. Anger, there isn't really hatred, but confusion and anger, frustration, you know, these are just like the emotions that, are, that arise, real sadness, right? So all of these things are there, and, 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 and mindfulness and, and the spaciousness of awareness allows those things to arise for me in a way where I'm not, hopefully, <laughs> I'm not reactive. Uh, you know, there's there's consideration, and of course, I don't need to be reactive because I'm not in the middle of it, right? And so, you know, we're we're safe here, more or less. Um, and yet, I I need I uh, you know when I'm with people who are in the middle of it or indirectly anyway, and that they have family there or friends there, you know, then if I'm caught up in it. <laughs> I can't possibly be present for for others. And so, you know, the practice gives me the space, provides the space for a process to happen and for response to arise. Mm-hmm. Now, can a society as a whole do that? Unlikely. It hasn't ever happened. And it, unless, you know, a leader, unless we have a leader or leaders who are themselves have Buddha nature, let's say, you know, have that capacity to just say, wait a minute, let's have some space here. That just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, sadly. And I don't know that there's a, you know, in the last few centuries, I don't know that there's ever been any kind of leader like that, that I can think of. Yeah. yeah, I mean, we could probably think of somebody if we... we <laughs> I mean, there have been great leaders, of course, uh, wise leaders in yeah. the past. But it's, I mean, actually, Lincoln was one. 
in the sense that he 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 saw all sides and he realized he had to you know give on all sides to get where he wanted to go mm-hmm. you know that that's an example he yeah he, i mean great leaders understand that compromises need to be made mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's it's tough i mean it's certainly tough in the in the heat of battle as it were you know when something just happened yeah of course it's very difficult yeah. uh, to to step back from it and and have the perspective needed to to come at it properly. But uh, you know, yeah, yeah, and not being in one of those roles, I mean, it's hard to say what it would be like, you know. But we do know that. Well, I mean, yeah, we have reactive leaders right now. I wouldn't say Joe Biden is necessarily reactive. He, he's doing what needs to be done. On the other hand. There seems to have been very little, and, and it was interesting to read some articles about, you know, how the Palestinians in this country are concerned that, like, nobody is actually talking about, oh, well, how did this all happen anyway? What is the history? I mean, most people don't really even understand the history of that area, like how it came to be and, you know, what, what are the conditions that have created the situation that we have. Yeah. And uh, that's really unfortunate. Yeah, it's unfortunate because it it threatens to uh, assure that this kind of thing is not going to end here. Yeah. You know, it's going to continue yeah. to go on. Yeah. Because you have to understand the complete picture to be able to try to begin, even to begin to make, uh, you know, a wise difference. Yeah. You know, if you just start with here and sort of think that this they had no past, you're not going to really get anywhere, I don't think. Sadly, no. Sadly, no. Yeah, so appropriate response. It's a tough one. Yeah. And, and our practice, though, at least from my experience, certainly, let's say, provides the resource to allow for appropriate response. And certainly provides the resource for taming reactivity. And, you know, in, in, a, in secular mindfulness classes, it's, 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 that's part of it. When we're talking about something like this, responding appropriately in, in really challenging times, that resource is really essential to see through the delusion that we can so easily get caught in. Yeah. Um, and I think the other side of appropriate response is, is really, and, and this is where mindfulness is so important, is starting to see the moment where we, are, where we may be acting from delusion and stepping back. So being able to see that clearly, you know, and that takes time. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think a good a good place to start is when we when we start collectivizing, you know. Yeah. And I think we we all do that. Of course. Uh, yeah. And we all and we all sort of go back and forth, and it's uh, I think one helpful place that mindfulness can come in there is that when we we notice that we're falling into that rut of collectivizing. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, and also uh, another another I, I think another uh, flag is. Over rationalizing, mm. you know, if we if we find ourselves having to rationalize an action, well, I did this because of that, because he mm-hmm. did that, that or she did that, you know, then there's a, that's a place to investigate, I would yeah. say, and if if you know we have to kind of make excuses for an action, and this is arising in our mind, then hmm, we need to stop and look. 
or I, I need to at least. I don't know about you, but and I, 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 I'm, I have this horrible habit of, of going into we talk when it's really me. Well, um, no, I yeah. absolutely agree with you there. I think it's, so, yeah, me too. <laughs> yes. Anyway, this is a, a big topic, and I, I hope personally that I haven't offended anybody in anything I've said in, in discussing this particular situation. Sure. Um, we, we, we could have had the discussion without this because – even in our own political situation right now, it's the same thing on a different scale mm-hmm. and nobody's getting physically hurt, <laughs> yeah. harmed or killed yet. You know, but even looking at the Ukraine situation, which is, you know, also yeah, terrible. <laughs> it's also horrible. It's also, it's yeah. another kind of terrorism. Yeah. Um, even though it's quote, a more formal war, I suppose we could say, I mean, that's the weird thing. It's like, as if there's a good war, Exactly. I mean, a good war in the sense that oh, it's only it's only the, the soldiers, the professionals that are being. Well, that's not the case yeah. in Ukraine for sure. No, it never I is know. the case in war. So, yeah, yeah, it never is. Yeah. So, friends, heavy topic. Yeah, we need to co- We need a coffee. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go get one in, uh, as soon as we're done. Uh, yeah. uh, but if you'd like to help us and support us, you can buy us coffee. At buy me a coffee, which you'll find that link on our website, Space to Meditate. Uh, sorry, <laughs> wrong website. Uh, dig <laughs> in the Dharma. Dig in the Dharma. Dharma. Com. And um, yeah, and please leave your comments uh, yeah. and questions and, you know, how you're dealing with this situation. Any um, of these situations. Yeah, There's so many of them. We would, we would be happy to hear from you. And sure. uh, so until next time, keep digging. Thanks so much, John. Yeah. All right. Take care. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a review on your podcast directory. And please check us out at digginthedharma.com where you can leave a comment, buy us a coffee, and even become a member. You can find out more about me, John Aaron, at johnaaron.net and Doug at dougsdharma.com.